Well, we do indeed thank you that, that you are able, that we are here because of you and your mercy and your grace, uh, not because of our doing. Uh, it's all because of you, Lord. And Lord, as we uh, now meet around uh, the word, just pray that you just open up our hearts. May we be open to your sweet voice speaking to our, our hearts, our minds, our souls, that we might know you deeper. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may take your seats. Good morning. Um, I've been looking forward to this moment because I felt like I wanted to say something and it's a bit quirky. It's a bit funny, so hopefully it's memorable. I'm sure my wife's going, what's he going to say? I wanted to say the first kind of words to come out of my mouth as, as the pastor of the church is to say, I, Sam Barnes, am not your saviour. I am am not your saviour. I don't intend to be. I won't ever pretend to be. But here's the good news. I know who is. And and his name is Jesus. And he is the one who has uh, set our feet upon the rock. He is the one. He is the author and protector of our faith. And uh, he is the head of this place. And we look to him, all of those scriptures that were read, uh, the words that we've sung this morning. Don't ever put your hope in a person. Our hope is in Christ alone. Uh, and so I'm not your saviour, um, but I am your pastor. And I look forward to doing life with you. Um, uh, both Wayne and Bill last week shared how... Part of the journey uh, getting to this point was Joe and I wrote up a bit of a story of our life and I thought to begin with it would be important just to share just a little bit about that um, just so you can sort of see, see the journey. So I want to take you right back to the very beginning. I was born in... T- no, no. Um, <laughs> the very beginning of my call to ministry because the man you see before you today is not the man uh, who was living uh, in his early 20s. Um, For me, my life was about cruising, right? I was a surfer, skateboarder. I started a punk rock band. I didn't want any responsibility. I didn't want anything that I had to think about or that was hard. It was just all as long as it was cruising, man. And um, I started going out with this beautiful young girl called Joanna Buxton and she was part of this youth group, and, and the guys that were there were serious about their faith, and there was something that was very uh, attractive about that. And so God started to do something in me. I wasn't, I wasn't rebellious, so, you know, I wasn't drunkard or into drugs or anything like that. I grew up in a Christian home. I knew that there was a God, but no personal relationship. Life was just about cruising. And so um, along comes the first Planet Shakers conference and I'm going out with Jo now and she invites me to this thing along with these other youth leaders who are full on for God and I didn't really want to go because I thought, 
what's all that about? We drive into the car park and look how smooth the car park is. Oh, that's good skateboarding, uh, Asheville. Um, and so I'm there and we have the conference and there's all these electives. And one of the electives was a leadership elective that all of my friends, including Joe, were going to because they were leaders and they wanted to be equipped in leadership. And what, what elective do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I'll just go with you, you know. i get to sit next to you. I'll go to this leadership um, elective. Boring. Right? And so I'm sitting in this elective and I see a picture, I see a vision. And... It's of me standing on a stage and I'm speaking and I'm saying words out of my mouth and it's just me on a stage. No one else is there. Just me. And I'm speaking. And what was incredible about that was I struggled with my speech and I thought, how, how could this be this isn't sure let's look at it again sure there's not a guitar in my hand and I'm rocking it out no I'm standing on this stage and I'm speaking and the words that I'm saying are intelligent and understandable and powerful and I look out and there's these steps that go down from the stage and I look out and there's thousands of people and they're all listening to me and if that had just been it then I probably would have just forgotten about it. I'm just daydreaming, whatever. I sort of come out of that dream, that vision, and the person that was doing the elective then for the next 30 seconds or so said the exact same words, word for word, sentence for sentence, that I saw myself say in my dream. And I knew at that point God was calling me. Um, and, and it's amazing so, so here I am, um, but it's been a journey and I have always struggled with my speech. Um, in fact, Moses was the, the person that was my idol when I first started Bible college because Moses was the guy who said, I can't talk, send someone else. <laughs> and, and I just held on to that. Um, He said, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken. I am slow of speech and tongue. Send someone else. And so I held on to the story of Moses and said, well, hey, did it with Moses. Maybe you can do it for me. In fact, I was looking back over my journal. You can tell it was from the band days. Um, And uh, I, I wrote in here, it's pretty pretty funny. This was when I first started Bible college, Wednesday the 10th of April. Dear Lord, why is it that I can't speak properly? I mean, is it a Moses thing or what? I always know what to say in my head, but I can't ever say it properly or use the correct words to express my point. I've really been noticing it lately, especially when talking to someone important like a lecturer or Joe. (laughs) I don't like it. I only hope that it's because you want to use me to preach and this way when I speak properly I'll know it's you speaking through me so that you get the glory not me. 
if this isn't the case, I ask you to take it away because I'm really getting annoyed. Grr. <laughs> I wrote grr. And so I'm um, working through the process, I'm asking people to pray. Someone gives me the word, be strong and courageous. And so I look it up in Joshua. And the words just before that says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Wow. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, Bill shared about how God guides us. And I had a piece about it. I knew that godly men and people had gone before it and they said, yes, we think this is right. Uh, but there was a sense of what, what is the word saying? What is, what is God saying to me? And so I asked for some time to go away and, th- and think about it and pray about it. And I really felt the Lord said, I'm going to speak to you with the third thing that you're going to read in your daily devotion today. The third thing. Okay, I want to skip through and just get to the third. No, read, read it all. Third thing, the call of Jeremiah. And he said, um, get, look at this. Before I formed you in the room, I knew you. Womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And then Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord, I don't know how to speak. The Lord said to me, don't say that. You must go everywhere I send you and I will put the words in your mouth. And so here I stand before you today. When that vision was first given to me, I thought, that's impossible. Not me. Surely choose someone else. Someone, someone else is better equipped for this task. Not me. It seems impossible. Um, Matthew 19, 26. It's when things seem impossible to man, they're, they're possible to God. And so that's the God we serve. And I want to encourage you, if you hear the voice of God calling you and it seems impossible, then maybe it's God actually calling you something. If it seems something that's probable and able to be done in your own strength, maybe it's just a good idea. So here I am, but it's been a jumpy... Uh, journey here when Moses led the Israelites uh, out of Egypt to the promised land God could have sent a beeline straight to the promised land okay you're in you're done quick quick smart done but God sent them on the scenic route he got the long way around but there was a reason for it that they needed to learn lessons along the road they needed to actually become the people that they were going to be in order to outwork his purposes. And so it is with me. There's been this journey where it's been hard. And God's had to break me and change me and grow me and mature me. Um, but even though it's hard, it's needed uh, in order that we might be the people that God's calling us to be. In fact, a friend of mine shared this on Facebook the other day and I thought that sums it up. That was my plan, cruising straight, and that was God's plan to strengthen me. So I've had to learn lots of things over my ministry journey, and probably the greatest lesson, the most important thing that I've ever learned is that I can't do this alone. 
I can only ever outwork the call of God in my life within the framework of my utter dependency on him. I can strive, I can try, I can work up within myself the ability to do something, but I can only go so far before I fall flat on my face. And so this morning I want to just share something fundamental, what is right at the, the core of who we are, and of course it's the greatest commandment. In fact, the Christian Family Centre churches are built on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commission to go out into the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, teaching them, and the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. In fact, if we were to create a, a family tree of Christian living, everything finds its place right back to that fundamental point, the greatest commandment. And if we were to condense this even further, it's simply to love God and to love people. To love God, that, that relationship, that deep relationship, that vertical, and to love other people, the horizontal relationship. So, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together, we're going to get out to trick this guy. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. What's the greatest commandment in the law? See, the, the Pharisees were interested in the outward appearance. They're interested in what they do. Um, that's why Jesus said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You know, you clean the outside of the mug, but in, inside is dirty. It, Jesus, what's important is the matters of the heart. So they're trying to trick him and say, what's the greatest? Like, how can we show that what we do is is good and we're puffing ourselves up Jesus replied love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind I'm going to add with all your strength and I'll tell you why in a minute this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments and so because of time I'm aware I'm going to just completely race through these First of all, the heart. The heart is the very centre of a person. It's our desires, it's what makes us tick, it's what matters to us most. Matthew six twenty one. wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So to love God with our heart means to love him deeply and personally, to make him our greatest treasure, our number one. That's our heart, our soul. Our soul is something that's hard to define, but I like to think of it as our life, it's who we are, it's what we do. It's the very essence of who we are as living beings. If I was to say who I am, I could say I'm Sam Barnes, but that doesn't create the bigger picture. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a gardener, I'm a surfer. <laughs> that, you know, it's all of who I am. And so our soul means to be loving God with all of who I am. Our mind, I'm glad the mind is in there because a lot of people have... Um, a problem with Christians because they say, oh, you're a Christian, your mind's fallen out. You know, you don't think. You know, you're just brainwashed. But no, God's given us an intellect. He's given us a mind to think through and to, to reason and to make sense of, of what is true and what is not true. And so to love God with all our mind uh, means to be transformed by the, the renewing of our mind, Romans 12, and to love him with our understanding and with our strength. It's not how much I can bench press. 
thank the Lord. <laughs> it's our efforts. It's our actions. It's our energy output. It's the things that we do. I pray that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. That's, so it means to love him with how I live my life. So there's some... Uh, so Mark says mind and strength. In the original Deuteronomy passage, passage that Jesus is quoting, it says strength and not mind. So what, what's going on there with the, with the greatest commandment? What needs to be, to be in there? What's the very essence of what Jesus is saying? What does it mean to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength? There's this original word in the Hebrew, and that's it. Can anyone pronounce that one? And it's the word very. Uh, so when God saw that it was very good in creation, that's the same word. And within the context of this, the sentence structure, it can actually be interpreted our very all. So the very essence of what Jesus is saying here in the greatest commandment is our very all, our everything. There's not one section of our life, not one section of our thoughts, not one section of what we do, what's, how we think, our desires, that is void of the very all. It is everything, encompassing our very, very all. Um, we can't come to church on a Sunday and, and raise our hands and then, then go away and, and live a different life. It's, it's the holistic life. It's the whole person. It's our whole existence, our very all. Um, I'm just going to skip over this next bit. So I came across a problem. This week, I really struggled. I was so stressed out and... I was stuck because I felt like the Lord gave me this word and he wanted me to share it. But there was something inside of me that just was not sitting right. And I'm, I'm struggling, I'm researching, I'm looking over, what on earth is going on? Why am I stressed? Why am I tight inside? And on Friday afternoon, I was pacing up and down the office and I was just about to throw the whole thing out. I'm starting again. This is not sitting right with me. Something's not right. What is it? Because it seems hard to love God with our very all. We haven't even got on to loving others yet. I mean, that's even harder, let's be honest. <laughs> right? And I'm encouraging people. I mean, it's a commandment. We're commanded to do this. I'm encouraging you to do something. And I'm asking the question, how am I going in this? Am I, as a preacher, asking people to go somewhere where I haven't yet been willing to go. I don't, I don't know. And how on earth do we actually accomplish this? To love God with our very all, with everything that we are. And I'm thinking, it feels like I'm striving. It feels like it's up to me to come up with something in order that I might please him, that I might love him. And I'm thinking, that sounds like a works-based religion, not Christianity. It's up to me. It's up to my efforts. Where's the grace in that? Struggling. Where am I going to go with this word? 
And so then I walk into the toilet. Yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in all sorts of places. And a scripture verse, clear as day, like it was coming through the stereo in the roof, clear as day, came to mind. We love because he first loved us. We love God with our very all because God loved us first with his very all. God gave us his very all and he demonstrated what very all means by actually coming into this world, laying down his life for us, giving his very all so that we might be free, so that we might have life. God has shown us and demonstrated us a very all love. And so when we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, it's in response to the fact that he has already loved us, that he has shown us a very all love. It's a response. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you have done for me. I didn't deserve it. I'm not worthy, and yet you've chosen to do it. That there are no strings attached. That I can simply open myself up to the fact that you have loved me, and that you've changed me, and you've set my feet upon a rock. You've given me a purpose. You've given me a calling. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to just give my very all back to you, Lord. I want to give my very all to you in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, in my strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you with gratitude and praise. Thank you. And love is a two-way street. If I was to love my wife with everything I am, and she just sat there and said, yep, give me some more, thanks. It would be a bit weird. It would be a bit strange. When we love God in response to his love for us, he showers his blessing and his love on us. And it just is a continual stream of love that is poured into our hearts. Blessing, grace, mercy, love as he responds to us. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us. We haven't even got on to loving others yet, have we? So, how do we love others? This jar represents us in our lives. We are empty vessels. Um, empty and, and broken. There's nothing special about us. And... When we love God with everything that we are in response to the fact that he's loved us with his very all, he pours his love into our lives. There's a Keith Green song that says, and this is, God, this is Jesus speaking, When I hear the praises start, my child, I want to rain upon you. Blessings that will fill your heart, for I see no stain upon you. You are my child, and you know me. To me, you're only holy. 
Nothing that you've done remains, only what you do for me. And he pours his love into our hearts. But the thing about God's love is it is a never-ending, all-sufficient, all-powerful, amazing love that just keeps going and going and going and going. And it overflows in our lives. And the love that we have for other people comes because of the love that he has put in our hearts that overflows into our relationships, into our world, into those around us. We love others with the love of God that he has shown in us. But something happens sometimes, and that is, whether subconsciously or whether purposely, sometimes we choose, or we don't know how it happens, it happens slowly, we find that the lid's on. It doesn't mean that God's love has stopped, but we've stopped loving him in response. And what happens is the love of God runs out and is used up and we find ourselves only left with ourselves, broken, perhaps a bit bitter, perhaps a bit angry, cynical, and we look at these scriptures and go, oh, I've got to love other people, but I've got nothing. I've got nothing in me. And it's only because I, there was a lid put on. To love God with all, everything, our very all, means to constantly, daily, in our devotion to him, open ourselves up for his love to be poured into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. So there's an order in the commandments. It doesn't say love people first and then love God. Love God and as we love God, as we respond to his very all in our lives, he enables us to love others. Friends, I see a church whose members are so devoted to the love of Christ that they come together that they lift their hands in sweet surrender to him, that they give their very all, and that God pours out new blessings. God pours out new things. And we go away filled up, filled up with God's love to walk out into our families, to walk out into our, our communities, and to share this very all love with others. just want to end with... A, a quote from the church leader Tertullian. He was in the, the early century when the, uh, the church was just being born, really, and the, the Romans governed the land. But the Romans were disturbed about the church because the Christians were increasing and they weren't bowing down to the emperor. And so this is what he says. Uh, the Romans felt that the Christians may be disloyal, so they spent, sent spies into the Christian gatherings and came back with a report. These Christians are very strange people. They meet together in an empty room to worship. They don't have an image. They speak of one whose name is Jesus, who is absent, maybe, but whom they seem to be expecting at any time. 
And listen to this. And my, how they love him and how they love one another. (laughs) And we mirror those first Christians who love God and love one another. Please let's stand. Lord, we thank you that you have shown us what love is. This is how we know what love is, that you laid down your life for us. And thank you, Lord, that we get to respond to that grace in our lives. And we get to, with gratitude in our hearts, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, I want to give my very all to you. I want to lay it all down for your purposes, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone here who might be struggling in their life and striving and trying. Lord, may they again open up the lid of their lives so that you would pour a fresh blessing, that you would pour your spirit, your love into their life, that they would be filled to the brim, to overflowing, that we would see a good work. And Lord, may we take what you've done in our lives and share this love with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, Um, I'm going to invite the prayer team out and we're just going to end our service by singing a song. I know it's, it's late, but this, sorry, and um, if this morning you've heard something, you may have never actually experienced the love of God. You might be here this morning going, wow, that sounds amazing. I want that in my life. I want to be filled to overflowing. I want to know the wonder and the majesty of this man, Jesus, and what he's done for us. I would love to pray for you. And perhaps this morning is the morning that, that you are opened up to his love for the very first time. As we sing this song, I encourage you, you might want to come down the front or when people are gone later on, we're going to stay behind and you might just want to just come and pray for you. But there might be other people and I get this real sense this morning that as we go on living this journey in this life, for some of us, our lives have become dry. For some of us, we do look inside our vessels and we think, what's there? Where has this love gone? And unbeknownst to us, we don't know how it's happened, but we acknowledge that there is a lid. And God is calling you this morning, hey, I want to just pour my love into you again. I want to bless your heart. I want to feel you to overflowing. Would you come? Would you let us pray? Would you let the, the God that we serve just come and minister to your hearts this morning? So as we sing this amazing song that speaks so well with the message this morning, ask the Lord to speak to you. What is he saying? And may you respond to his very all.
preschoolers, parents to go out quickly to, to get their children as quickly as possible. Let's sing.
just thank you so much, Lord. Lord, we open our hearts to you this morning. Father, help us each day of this week to live our lives with the lid off. Lord, help that to just burn in our memories. Keep that lid off, Lord, that your love might flow in and through us daily. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming today. Don't forget, if you would like prayer for anything, feel free to stay behind. There will be people down the front who can pray with you. Uh, I'd also like to thank everyone that's brought uh, some morning tea, cake and biscuits and things this morning. Um, f- please come and join us for tea and coffee and, and something to eat and just a time of fellowship, which would be fantastic. Uh, just quickly, preschool parents, you need to head out first to go and get your kids, thanks. And I'd like to thank you, Sam, for sharing your heart with us. And I think we really appreciated um, him a bit of his journey and you can see how deeply Um, God's been working in your life and so we're just thrilled and excited about the future so bless you and uh, yeah let's give him a round of applause all right let's go and enjoy some tea and coffee together thanks